Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. On today's program, we are talking about choosing between good and evil. So I have a panel with me. Half of them are good and half of them are evil. (laughs) Okay, that was a joke. They're all awesome. That's true. (laughs) No, that's not true. Beautiful young men of God. So why don't we go around and you tell me your name and where you go to school. Hi, I'm Ben. Uh, I just graduated from New Albany going to the Ohio State University next year. Well stated. I'm Ian, and I go to St. Francis de Sales High School. I'm Nathan, and I'm going into my senior year at Westerville South. I'm Liam, and I am a sophomore at New Albany. Well, welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Here's an easy question. What? Let's define good. (laughs) What does it mean for something to be good? Or what would be characteristics of goodness? If you had to define it, which you do right now. Um, I think a baseline for defining good is that it has to be something coming from God because nothing evil can come from God. Okay. Anyone want to add to that? All right. Well, yeah, Ben, you got something? <laughs> I don't know. It, I mean, good characteristics of good, it, it, it can't be harmful. It has to be beneficial in some yeah. way. Okay. I agree. I agree. But couldn't a good thing be harmful and then become better? Like if you work out, it's harmful at, in the first place, but then it becomes better. So a good thing. How, how be do you mean painful. harmful? Like breaks down your muscles and then yeah, rebuilds them, or kind just of like thing? it hurts. It hurts. It okay, hurts. <laughs> so not harmful, maybe painful. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's okay, fair. Mm-hmm. so good can sometimes be a process. Yes. Excellent. Okay. All right. Uh, Life giving, maybe ultimately. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. It's never Selfless destructive, hack. like ultimately destructive no this is hard right you guys are passing the test you're doing a great job okay all right so what are there generalizations you can make about things or choices or relationships that are good like i guess we already did that right so you said not harmful Mm -hmm. in the long run we said life-giving um, maybe the greatest good for the most number of people. Nathan, you premised it all on has to come from God. Yeah. Okay. So on the other side of this, how do we recognize evil? What would be some of the char- generalizations we can make about things and choices and relationships that are evil? Well, evil is pretty much the opposite of good. Okay. Or the absence of good even. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah, Liam. What else? Anything else about evil? I think that about sums it up, actually, Liam. It's just kind of the opposite of everything we just said. All right. I think it's good that you said absence because evil is more like it's the absence of good. Like cold isn't really cold. It's just the absence of heat. Okay. And it kind of it gives more power to the good when it's not the opposite. It's just the absence of it. Okay. Is it always easy to distinguish between the two? Is, is good clearly identifiable as good and evil clearly identifiable as evil? 
Not always. Yeah. Uh, and I think this almost goes back to talking about sometimes it's a process. It is in the process. Sometimes there are things that you can't quite comprehend at the time as being good um, or having a good ending. If, if you don't know the ending, how can you know that it's going to have a good ending? Hey guys, so yeah, can you can think of hard. any examples? Like, um, maybe you have to break up with someone and it's really painful. It may feel like a bad thing at the time, but ultimately it ends up being a good thing. Yeah. I don't know, though, you would ever call that evil. This is so hard. These guys were so stressed about doing this <laughs> show because it's so <laughs> theological. But, okay, uh, Let's generalize a little bit more. So, um, is it is it easy for I mean, is it easy for everyone to discern the difference? Does everyone look at a situation and say, oh, that's a good thing or, oh, that's an evil thing. That's so easy to discern. Um, not really, especially now after the fall, because um, our intellect and our will are not in line. So when um, Adam and Eve were um, alive and they were not in a state of sin, they um had intellects that perfectly informed their wills and their wills perfectly complied with what they knew. Um, but even then, because they were human, they would still have problems because they didn't have perfect knowledge like angels and God do. So they don't know the outcome of all events, which is why angels are more culpable for things to do than we are. So along that line of thinking, Nathan, after the fall, now there are these influences in our culture that confuse our will, right? Or they can, I think, I think a lot of people think, oh yeah, I can tell good from bad easily. That's easy. But what they perceive as good and what they perceive as bad is maybe not yeah. accurate. Yeah. So what would you say are um, some of the factors in our culture that, that confuse us or the influences that help that make us not see perfectly and clearly what is good and of God and what is not social media. Oh, what do you mean by that, Ian? It social me- social media adds a filter to like how we like have an opinion on something. They'll they try social media will try to tell us like, oh, this this thing or this person uh, does these things, but this other person like like we compare ourselves. Yeah, like. This person looks so happy and yeah. so successful and so clearly I need to follow that yeah. path. Right. I think a lot of people, uh, along with that, they can discern between bad and worse and then sometimes just ignore the good. So if you see other people are doing some bad thing, you can say, oh, that's really bad. I know I shouldn't do that. But then it's really easy to justify and say, okay, so if people are doing this bad thing, then what I'm doing isn't that bad. And it's right. Okay. At least I don't do that kind of thing. Yeah. It, and I mean, ideally it would work the other way. Wow. Look how good that person is. I should be more like them. But I think we tend to say, at least I'm not as bad as them. You know, so so this is that relates to what I want to ask. Are there degrees of goodness and degrees of evil? Or if something is good, it's good. And if something is bad, it's bad. Nathan touched on intent earlier. Oh, yeah. I think that plays a big part in determining the degree. You can do a good thing with a bad intent. 
and that will lessen its good, but doesn't necessarily make it evil. Okay. If you do an evil thing with an evil intent, then it's just pure evil. If you do an evil thing with a good intent, like Robin Hood, you rob a bank and you give it to the poor people, that's not in itself good, but it's less bad than if you robbed the bank and used it to increase your crime and rob more banks. Okay. So I'd say yes, and it has to, there are degrees of goodness, and a lot of it has to do with intent. Because you can go do a really good thing. But if the main reason you do it is because it makes you feel better, mm-hmm. that lessens its goodness. Well stated, Ben. That was very thorough. <laughs> very <laughs> thorough explanation. Anybody want to add to good. that? Um, what we were talking about earlier also like touched on like circumstance, like what you're surrounded with and um, how much good you can do in that instance. Um, the example we said was that like if you have a little kid and he like hits his mom on the face, like obviously that's a bad thing. But say the mom like like abandoned him during the day didn't show him much love like the circumstances affect how bad his action was because it was kind of understandable since his mother never showed him love so he wouldn't be as willing to show her him her his love oh without that example yeah. like our circumstances sort of uh shape they kind of shape your intent almost okay yeah. but does it change whether or not it's like hitting your mom in the face yeah it's still is bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The action's still bad. I guess that that might um, lessen your culpability for your action, but wouldn't lessen how bad or good it is. Okay, well, let me direct this to you guys specifically then. So in your lives, how do you discern, like, Ian, you were talking about there's social media that kind of puts this gray area in front of us and we have to sort of right. sift through. and. Fi- so how do you, do you have a system for discerning okay, that's good and that's bad. That I'm going to engage in and that I'm not going to be part of. Or or do you feel like you, I don't know, do you have a system? Or were your parents just so brilliant at raising you and teaching you that it's very obvious to you all the time? Yeah, I'm going to go with my parents because, you know. Because they're, <laughs> they're listening? Yeah, probably. <laughs> good job. Very <laughs> smart. <laughs> but that's a huge part of it. I mean, and since this show is for parents, parents at... The way we shape our kids makes it way easier for our kids to discern when something is good and when something needs to be avoided. But still, our parents can be awesome and we're going to we're going to encounter moral conflicts, I think. Have you, can you think of any examples in your own lives of things where you had to really think about, all right, is this God's will for my life? Is this what God desires of me? Or is this something that I should avoid because it's not good? Mm-hmm. I have an example. It's not like <clears throat> grave matter. It's not like drugs or anything like that. But um, <clears throat> I was um, writing an essay to apply to a college recently this summer. And um, <clears throat> I was uh, reflecting on a pattern I see in school a lot. Um, I mean, myself included. But a lot of us, um, like doing schoolwork, doing homework, we just try to do <clears throat> the bare minimum to get by. And so... Um, like when you're looking at your ed- education, um, a lot of people see um, going to school as just something you have to do to um, live a good life, to get a job and so forth. But um, when I was assessing it, um, like really when you're learning something, you should be learning it for like the sake of like knowing and seeking truth, um, not just like doing like the bare minimum. And really the pattern is like in every high school. I mean, not many 
high schoolers want to do work. I mean, middle schoolers, not really many kids want to do extra work. And so it's the temptation to go along the bottom line and to do as little as you can. And so that's not like a huge, big moral dilemma, but I notice it's like No, everywhere. but that's a great example because my next question is, it, can, can choosing good or choosing bad become a habit? Like something that we don't even think about anymore. That's mm-hmm. just the habit that we get into. Definitely. You think so? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, one time after confession on a retreat, the priest said to me, okay, right now you're on, you're on that Jesus high and you're really into God. Make your prayer life a habit now so that when you face a tough time, it's you still do what's right, even if it's hard. Because it's such a habit, it's such a good base. And that was more specifically about prayer, but the same thing is good. The same thing is true about good acts. If if you're just used to always looking out and seeing, okay, how can I help this person? It, it's so much easier to just stop and help them than if it's like, uh, what good is that going to do for me? Uh, ben, you are coming in a clutch with the um, segues because that leads right <laughs> into the next thing I want to talk about. <laughs> Uh, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Raising Saints on AM 820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. We're here today with Liam, Nathan, Ian, and Ben. And we're talking about the difference between good and evil and how we can um, form ourselves to always choose good and to always recognize good. So, Ben, I said that that was a good transition because I wanted to talk about next how we can cultivate the habit of choosing good, how it can just become habitual, something that we don't have to agonize over. We don't have to, when we're looking at other people's posts and thinking, wait, is that okay or is that not okay? We just know immediately what is of God and what isn't. And the first one on my list, Ben, you just talked about, which is developing your prayer life. So I want to ask you guys why. Like, How does spending time alone with God every day help you make better decisions? Or let me ask it like this, because maybe this is more practical. What is your prayer routine and how is it developed over time? And because of your prayer life, which I know you guys are prayerful young men, how have you noticed a difference in your ability to make holy decisions as you've become more prayerful? Um, I could comment on that. I do have like a steady dare or daily prayer life, but um, remember um, probably about a year, year and a half ago is when I started going to daily Eucharistic adoration, and um, I wouldn't say it wasn't like a conscious thing I did. Like I didn't study, I didn't like say any type of prayer. I just went and sat in front of Jesus, and I noticed like every day I'd go, and every single day I'd get, I'd become more and more peaceful. I'd walk in to um, or go to St. Paul's Church, but I'd walk in there and um, sit or kneel in front of literally Jesus himself. And um, I'd just be quiet. Um, I'd fall asleep sometimes, just kind of go off in a daze. But um, <laughs> after a day, that felt pretty good. And I'd walk out every time, just more and more peaceful. And um, I think it's just the sheer grace from it. And um, after like knowing Christ like that, you just know, like I know the peace that goes along with it. And so a lot of the times when I'm facing decisions, um, I can sense the peace that comes with certain decisions that I make in my life. And so if the peace isn't there, um, I can tell it's not from God. But if, but if it is, like, I, I know where it's coming from. 
That's a that's a great um, that links back to the very first question is how do you recognize when something is good? Mm-hmm. And I think if you you are in relationship with God and a decision you're making gives you peace, then you can know that that peace is coming from God, right? The whole there's a ton of layers, <laughs> and the deeper you, the deeper you get engaged with our Lord, and the the better you know Him the more peace you're going to have when you're making decisions because they're going to be guided by him. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Nathan. Anybody want to add to that about prayer? The next thing that is on my list is know the faith, right? One of the things I love about being Catholic, one of the 7,000 million things Mm -hmm. is the confidence of knowing that there's this whole body of people who are way holier than I am, way more prayerful than I am interpreting scripture and interpreting revelation so that I can understand God's will, right? That, so I can know what's from God and what's not from God. So if we're solid on church teaching, it's so much easier to distinguish right from wrong. Like if I know what the church teaches about this and I trust that the church is right, which I do, it's so much easier for me to, I don't, I don't really have to think too much about it, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is great for someone who's lazy like myself. So how do you guys personally take time to become more informed about the teachings of our faith. I'm laughing because Nathan is sitting here with his catechism and Ben, <laughs> their catechisms in front of them. So <laughs> I'm guessing the catechism is one way you do that. <laughs> yeah, I was weekly Bible study and all the youth stuff, just getting in the word more um, and making an effort to learn. I don't know everything. There are priests who don't know any everything. Uh, this might be bold to say, but what? I would don't guess, I would guess that the Pope doesn't even oh. know oh. everything. I thought you were going to say, I don't know everything. <laughs> oh, you definitely don't know everything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think the Pope would be the first to admit he doesn't know everything. It's not an insult. It's just no. a statement of fact. Right. But just making an effort to go learn more. Um, I find a lot of times that when I'm bored, I do nothing. Nothing of meaning. And I just literally waste time. And there's no, I don't care about the task that I'm doing. It's I scroll through my phone and it doesn't matter. The word matters. And if you focus on that more than anything, then you know more about it. You get deeper involved and you have more of a desire to get even deeper. Right, it's, the more it's a you know, the more you know you don't know. Yeah. Right? (laughs) And the more you want to know, that's what happens to me. That's what I told you when you interviewed me to be a peer minister. I I stole that from you. (laughs) I I didn't even know. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. man. I thought I was so brilliant, but really, it's you, Ben. (laughs) Okay. um, Third thing on my list is to search your feelings or just trust your gut. Sometimes I think our gut can be a really helpful guide, especially, right, especially if we're prayerful, especially if we're in the Word, especially if we're um, developing our relationship with Christ. Um, But I think sometimes we ignore our gut. I don't know if you guys do that. I know a lot of teenagers who do that, who ignore, they have like good gut instincts, but for whatever reason, they ignore that when it comes to making moral decisions. (laughs) Have you guys... Do you, have you guys ever encountered that with your peers or yourselves? M- mostly with myself. With ADHD, I'm always thinking. So I could have a thought on something, 
and then I'll go, oh, wait, but this, uh, another thought could pop in. That's the complete opposite. So you talk yourself out of things? Yeah. Rather than go with, like, your first mm-hmm. instinct? Is that, um, is there any of that, maybe for you, Ian, or maybe just for your peers, is there any of that talking ourselves out of our gut instinct that is socially influenced? Yes. A lot of the time it's socially influenced. You think so? Yeah. Why is that? Why do we like let other people talk us out of our gut instinct? Uh, it could go back to what I mentioned before. It's you see it and you think, well, it's not that bad. It's not the worst thing I've ever done or it's not the worst thing I could do. So then you just sort of think, well, it'll be okay if I do it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I if everyone's jumping on of, of a cliff, would you? <laughs> Apparently right now my answer is yes. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> uh, that true. Well, as Christians, do you find that sometimes your gut is... Um, if you go with your gut, you're going to be on the outside. You're not going to be going with the flow, so to speak. Is there peer pressure, I guess, associated with, you know, I know this is the right thing, but I'm not going to do what my gut's telling me because I don't want to be on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like feeling insecure about yourself sometimes. Not to jump the gun to our next talk, but... <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you can feel insecure about living out your faith sometimes and... um I think what's really helped me is um, just knowing people who um, also are trying to live out their faith and love and know God. And so um, people I know at church, um, holy guys that I know at school, um, whether they're Catholic or even Protestant sometimes, I mean, just how strong they are and how dedicated their prayer life is and how much they're seeking to know God. Having friends like that and knowing that, like, well, even if some people think you might be crazy for reaching out to somebody and saying hi or um, some act of mercy or um, devoting your life to God, um, it's not crazy in other people's lives our eyes because they see it as completely reasonable having strong friends that's a good point nathan because like we're not supposed to isolate ourselves just among people who think like us and but we do need to strengthen ourselves by having mm-hmm. lots of those holy solid friendships so that then when we go out in the world and we are going against the grain we have the strength and the confidence to do it because we know that we like we've been strengthened by the people who lift us up and pray with us and affirm us in mm-hmm. the path that we're on. For sure. And it also goes back to knowing your faith because um, like the, a worldly mentality, um, obviously there's a lot of different philosophies and religions, but um, knowing your faith, Catholicism is really, is really the only one that makes sense, at least to me. Um, going out living a worldly life isn't sensible or reasonable, and um, it just gives you confidence to know that what you believe in is actually reasonable um, and like rational, like it actually, it actually makes sense living your life for something that is worth living for. Which leads me to number four on the list, which is beware of temptation. Um, because we do live in a world where Catholicism, where we're told it's not reasonable, where we're mm-hmm. told it's restrictive, it's, it, there's no freedom in it. There's no, so there's so many situations for sin and temptation that we can stumble upon so easily, we can be in the midst of even for trying to avoid it. But that's why it's a constant struggle uh, to avoid that, especially 
for people your age, I I think. Um, I don't know. Do you guys feel like, you know, I am pretty much always surrounded by temptation and sin? Or have you been able to kind of remove yourself from that? I would agree that it's very, there are many tempting situations and they're very frequently around. Uh, But I think it is possible to avoid the worst of the temptations. I, I don't think it's impossible. Good. It might be. It's impossible by yourself. That's why you need God. Mm-hmm. And holy friends. And, and holy yes, friends. And, holy friends. <laughs> and number five on the list, seeking advice from the right people. Everyone will give us advice, right? <laughs> you can go up to any single human being and ask for advice. <laughs> you just better make sure you're asking the right people. So I think that's pretty appropriate because... I think hopefully our listeners are tuned in, like hoping to hear some good advice for how to raise (laughs) saints, how to raise their kids. And here they are listening to you guys full of fabulous advice. So in this situation, you are the good advice givers. I know. Isn't that (laughs) such an honor? But in other times in your lives, you need advice, right? You seek advice. Who are the people that you, from whom you seek advice? We just have a couple of minutes. So just real quickly, who are some of the people in your life? Um, that you seek advice from when you are struggling or searching? My my dad. I mean, even if I don't go to him for advice, he's always giving me advice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And you appreciate that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Keep giving advice, parents. That's what Ian is assuring you is okay. Anybody else in your life? It may not seem like we're listening, but we mostly are. That's (laughs) Wonderful for parents to hear. Anyone you'd add to that before we close in prayer? Priests, youth ministers, mm-hmm. peers who I know, who I respect and trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I don't get the advice that I'm expecting. I, I use multiple sources. <laughs> well, you guys didn't want to do this show, but here we are. Now we have to close, and now you have so much more to say. So we'll have to pick it up another time. But thank you all very much for being here. Let's close in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Precious Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Lord, we thank you for being pure goodness. We thank you, Lord, for loving us. We thank you for inviting us into relationship with you. Jesus, we ask you to help us always seek that and always strive for that so that life can be good and beautiful and much easier and we can just remain on the path that leads to you. In your precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. We were joined today by Liam, Nathan, Ian, and Ben. And um, until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com.